Canadian Family Health Counseling provides education and counseling services across Canada and beyond. Our holistic approach, called Neural Network Therapy, uses practical tools to boost mood, reduce anxiety, manage anger, break unwanted habits, and develop strong, healthy relationships. Sit back and relax while clinical director and founder Kim Sargent shares her insights and expertise on why emotional health matters. Hello, and welcome to Emotional Health Matters. My name is Kim Sargent, and I'm the clinical director of the Canadian Family Health Collective. And I'm here today with Jenna Howe, my dear friend and colleague, who, among many things, is a senior emotional health practitioner at the Canadian Family Health Collective. Hello, Jenna. Hi, Kim. I'm just wondering, actually, I I spent uh, the very first podcast talking a bit about me and my story and uh, rambled on a little about that. I'm just wondering if you can give everyone here just a little information about your background and the things that um, that you do over there in, in rainy BC? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, I would call myself uh, a multi-passionate entrepreneur. What that means is that I, I'm passionate about several different aspects of health and wellness. So my professional career started in fitness um, and it moved into body work and then it moved into getting a degree in psychology and becoming a part of the um, Canadian Family Health Collective. I'm also a manual osteopath and so do lots of different things in the realm of, of health and wellness. I still teach fitness classes as well. So I pull that all together to, to look at the body as a whole unit and that means looking at different aspects of the person as well. Nice. Yes. Well, I always, it's always interesting talking to you because you've got all these different angles to bring in that I know very little about. So I thought it would be important um, to launch this podcast and, and talk it with you because I think it would be helpful for people to connect some of these pieces together. I think more and more people are, are looking at the body as a whole. And, and certainly in the practice, we talk a lot about how emotion fits into that. But looking at some of the other therapies that you provide, I think that's really helpful information. And, and it seems that, you know, it's catching on. People are not disconnecting. We're not walking around with these, you know, here's my head that's just getting me from place to place. The body's job is just to to relocate my head from one meeting to another meeting. It's actually, oh, I'm a whole system. So that's great. And I think um, today's topic is the winter blues. And I, you know, it's an important topic. Uh, we, We spend a lot of time at the practice having conversations about winter as it's getting closer because at the end of summer we think about you know these long great beautiful days that go on and on and we're really energized and we think that you know sort of that slow descent into winter um uh happens and we kind of have time to catch up to it but in Canada of course it it happens quite quickly all of a sudden it's you know it's it's dark at 9 and 8765 <laughs> and it just happens so fast in that curve in September, October, that I think you have to be really well fortified long in advance to be able to make that transition without without having a lot of problems. So I'm hoping you and I can talk a little about uh, some of the nutritional you know things that people can do, um, of course, making sure that they seek out any advice from their family physician, but also some of these other um, physical modalities that can that can help that transition. And I should say at the very beginning of this that I, I really firmly believe that that if you live in Canada or a number of the other countries, of course, that just have less hours of light in the winter, that I think everyone suffers from seasonal affective disorder. I don't think it's a matter of whether you have it or you don't have it. I think it's a matter of how 
uh, well you cope with it. And I would say that in years gone by, I think I coped really well. I think I really actually loved the time of year because I've always been a person with so much energy. <laughs> so people, you know, I'm sort of buzzing around and all lit up and trying to do a million things or just effortlessly really um, being busy in my life and doing lots of exciting things. And then, you know, this time of year would come and I think, oh, okay, this is great. And I could kind of retreat into my house and get things done that you're doing there and I could slow my pace. And I just really enjoyed the, the transition. And it's really since my, my car accident and brain injury that I've I've come to know what seasonal affective disorder looks like in a whole different way. <laughs> because rather than feeling, you know, kind of, you know, as I cope with anxiety and depression and different pieces that just weren't there for me for so many years, I, I recognize that one more thing on top of that um, begins to kind of knock the whole house of cards down. So I'm I'm really aware now, early, early September, that I've got to get extremely well fortified with some of these things because otherwise for sure I'm feeling it in a way that I didn't feel it before. Um, and maybe you can comment, I guess, Jenna, out there with the rain and the drizzly and the gray. Um, and we do have members in the UK who would probably relate to the BC weather <laughs> more than they would the Ontario weather. So, I mean, is this a, a subject of conversation there? Well, I would say absolutely. Um, me personally, it's not something that I've ever I generally don't recall, you know, from a mood perspective, feeling much different, you know, in the, in the transition. And perhaps that's because, you know, I'm, you know, I think out here, people are so outdoorsy. They're spending a lot of time outside. You know, people don't commit to fitness classes in the same way as they do in other areas of the country, because it's like, what's the weather going to be like? I'm going to be outside. And so as soon as you start to to get into the wet season and it's dark, you know, by five o'clock, it's dark and rainy. You know, you're not, you're a little less likely to be going out to the woods for, to go for a walk or a hike. And so I think people who are from here feel that a little bit more intensely because they're spending so much time outside in that transition. For me, I tend to work a lot of, I used to work a lot of evenings. So I never really noticed because I was always, you know, doing two or three jobs at any one time anyway. But it's, it is a topic, of, a topic of conversation here. And what's interesting is that, you know, people come home. One thing I will say is that I'm more inclined to get into my pajamas by 6 p.m. <laughs> in the winter <laughs> yeah. because it just feels cozy. So the night feels like it's taking forever. So I would say that that's the one thing that I've noticed personally. But it's definitely a, a part of the conversation out here as people prepare for uh, the rainy season, again, because we don't have that lovely white, soft, fluffy snow that's so lovely to go out for a walk in, say, at 8 o'clock at night, and you don't have the ambience. You know, if it's pouring rain, I'm not likely to put on a pair of rubber boots and rain jacket and go out for right. a relaxing walk. Um, so it's for me, it's about trying to change your perspective on on what's actually happening. So in my yoga therapy training, you know, my yoga therapy instructor, she really talked about, you know, what you referred to is sort of a sense of slowing down and going in and becoming creative in a different way and really embracing that season of the year. So in areas of the world that, you know, are definitely very cold and dark and it's long, you know, again, they celebrate things in a different way. You're, you know, you're commuting together with family, you know, everything is about being cozy and comfortable and yeah, slowing down and really 
maybe taking some time to, to work on projects that you wouldn't normally work on in the spring, summer, and fall when you're really outside and gaining all of that energy and putting it towards stuff. So it's, it's preparing in September to go, okay, there's going to be a shift in November. What am I, you know, how am I going to shift in that? What am I going to do and put in place to transition to make it an easier transition? And so sometimes with some, so with clients, I'll just say, okay, well, why don't we just change the type of exercise that you're doing? Let's do something a little bit different. So it doesn't feel like you're missing out on this activity over here, but now you get to bring in this new activity to try and keep some enthusiasm going. Right. That's great advice for sure. Well, I do know, um, and, and this is part of what I wanted to mention in this, in this podcast today. So some of these tips and tools that I think that we talk about in the practice with clients, but also I think, um, you know, I obviously you've, you've done your own personal exploration and I have as well and what fits and you have to find the things that, that work best for you. But some to pick and choose from. I know that, um, I can't, I can't seem to get into a yoga studio throughout the summer. For, I just feel that same sense that you're talking about it at West, um, with, wanting to be outdoors, wanting to be at the lake, not having any desire to do any fitness at all indoors. Everything is, is outside, but um, definitely yoga studios seem to, to be much more interesting to me this time of year and particularly the hot studios where it's going in for this nice warm, <laughs> you know, treat that you just wouldn't do during the summer months. I mean, um, Finland has it right for sure. Getting out and doing the, um, getting out into the sauna and doing some cold plunge, which I think uh, the Wim Hof method is another connection there too. Um, in, in this cold plunge and kind of rolling with the fact that this is cold and winter and, uh, but how can you do things that are going to light up the body? I know that, um, definitely increasing in, even just the, the amount of time I spend sitting first thing in the morning, whether it's sunny outside and going for a hike, which I tend to do at the moment now before I have a chance to even think about it. <laughs> if I think about it too long, I will not put my running shoes on and go when it's freezing. But if I don't think about it, I'm kind of lacing up and out the door and, um, trying to to get that sunlight, of course, in as early as possible to suppress that melatonin level, uh, which leaves us, of course, feeling really dopey. Dan, in the Emotional Health Practitioner Program, the uh, Facebook group that we have, uh, talks a lot about sleep, and it's a great resource for sure to be able to look into some of what he talks about and, and the connection between what we can do throughout the day to prepare for a proper sleep. Um, but definitely in the winter, I use um, this sad lighting that I think has been just fantastic. It's Northern Lights Technologies uh, is the name of the company. And we can leave some information with a, a promo code in the show notes. We don't get any sort of kickbacks with this. It's just a lighting system that rather than order, ordering randomly on Amazon or wherever you order from, um, it's uh, I've had success with some lights and some haven't been so good. So this one in particular, I think, is is quite fantastic. So that's a big part of it for sure. Um, I actually have a, a bin in my house now that um, things go into that's sort of that, that's a winter project. That's a winter project. So I've got all my sand that I've collected from all my travels around the world. And this winter will be the one where I'm saying I'm going to I'm going to pile it up in little jars so you can see layer by layer and, and actually just put little notations as to where I was in the world and what the date was. Just as a fun project, photo albums are another good one to get caught up on. I think looking at um, doing some kind of, um, you know, looking at sleep hygiene is also important. So rather than just feeling sleepy and dopey and in pajamas by six, also looking at what things you can do to prepare for a proper sleep, perhaps, you know, going to bed earlier. Who wants to in the middle of summer when it's still light out at nearly 10 o'clock at night? You know, you, you want to be 
awake <laughs> and outside and part of it. But that evening is a lot longer when it starts at five o'clock in the afternoon. So, um, yeah, kind of bumping back bedtime, I think, is another one. And and so, yeah, what are some other ideas you've got, Jenna, there that, that you talk to your clients about? Yeah. So one of the things, and of course, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm going to be slightly biased when I talk about this next thing, but the role of of getting body work. So whether that's osteopathic manipulative therapy, if it's acupressure, acupuncture, massage, you know, whatever it might be, you know, there is research to support that some of these therapies will help to increase endorphins, increase um, your levels of dopamine, serotonin, decrease uh, cortisol, which will also affect sleep. Um, so it's one of those things where if you don't typically go for that type of, of work, it would be a good idea to maybe try and, you know, get it set up. Like right now I've got right through till Christmas, every Monday I've got myself booked in for a massage. Um, right. And really trying to maintain that focus. Now, not everybody likes massage. You know, there's different levels of touch that people are, that are comfortable with or uncomfortable with. So I do think it's also important that it doesn't have to be just massage you know, the type of work that I do in my practice, everything is close on. It's, you know, so there's a, a level of comfort there, but people still get a really good, strong relaxation response with the type of work that I do. So, you know, there's lots of ways that you can get body work done that will suit your level of comfort. So I think that's really important. When we start looking at, for example, nutrition, you know, the liver is a huge part of this, uh, of, of prepping. So when you mentioned say, prepping in September, you know, looking at, you know, the whole summer in terms of making sure that you're getting at least 20 minutes of some sort of sunlight, sunlight throughout the day, your liver will actually store vitamin D for up to four months. So you really want to be really kind to your liver and really kind of work through the whole summer to kind of get those vitamin D stores up. Um, it's not my place to make any sort of specific vitamin D uh, supplemental recommendations, but people can talk with their physician, their pharmacist, their naturopath, you know, somebody who's got that, that scope in their profession uh, to talk about the appropriate supplement levels, but also making sure that, um, you know, what I would, what I did for myself is that I, you know, I got myself good, reasonable, safe doses of sun all summer. And then I started to amp up in September my levels of vitamin D, knowing that my that that'll help to prep things. And as the light daylight starts to go down, really trying to carry that vitamin D that's stored in my liver through the winter. And then also looking at being kind to my liver. So, you know, trying to limit alcohol and refined sugar, uh, you know, not too many, you know, high saturated fats, although if you're ketogenic, that kind of goes against that. So you have to find what's moderate for you. Um, uh, bitter greens, um, lemon, those types of foods are really great from an Ayurvedic perspective. Moving into the winter seasons, um, it's, it's you're looking at steamed vegetables, lightly warmed vegetables, not cold or raw. So uh, from an Ayurvedic perspective, what that does is it kind of dampens the digestive fire. And so you want to kind of, you know, you can find an Ayurvedic practitioner to help you out with that. 
um, that can be really helpful. So really just honing in on the types of foods that make you feel good and comfortable, easily digestible, because if you're already feeling a little slower, you don't want your digestion to be super slow and sluggish either. That compounds onto that. I do get people looking at changing the type of exercise that they're doing as well. Um, so changing it into maybe a different at-home yoga practice. Now, you know, with COVID, there's so many options online that people can do. Last year, I went to an infrared heated yoga studio that's around the corner from my house. And it was just divine to have that infrared heat and five minutes from my house. I mean, you couldn't get any better. <laughs> no now, kidding. I have to. So I turned the heat up in my room. <laughs> put on a salt lamp and, and <laughs> some yoga it's not the same but at least I'm doing something that kind of pulls on those those subtle vibes that I'm like okay I'm going to just sort of settle in you know I'm not going to do an hour if I'm in a class I do an hour if I'm at home I get bored way too quick I'm like good for half an hour but it's better than nothing right so yeah for sure yes I could uh, I could zip line to my um uh, to my yoga studio and it's great because I have absolutely no excuse <laughs> but to go there and never do you walk out of a yoga studio saying oh I really wish I didn't do that <laughs> never is there a regret um, the other thing I actually think is really neat is this practice of and I, I'm going to say it incorrectly here but huga um, h-y-g-g-e and it's the idea of bringing you know kind of working with that downtime again and so lighting lots of candles um, cozy blankets woolen socks having warm sweaters around um, lots with the amber lights so the salt lamp would be great with that but sh you know shifting away from the led bright you know uh, daytime things but really rolling with i mean you're not going to light candles or i don't like candles anyway in the middle of summer it just doesn't seem to fit but in the fall and winter i get oh this is exciting this is my candle time of year um, yeah. and I am really rolling with it for sure I think also it needs to be said I mean we could do I'm sure an entire podcast talking about what's happening in our you know with with this global pandemic um, but I don't want to I don't want to make that the focus of what's happening here but I do think it needs mentioned just in the fact that if there are additional things that you're struggling with that I think that this winter in particular um, it, as we head into you know more se severe lockdowns and some of the other things I think that rewriting that um, that perspective is the key so rather than it being I have to stay home and locked in and it's winter mm -hmm. and I hate it and it's hard, you know, I'm working with, okay, you know, I'm choosing to do these things with or without a global pandemic underway. I'm choosing to, you know, to embrace what's coming at me. And even though it sounds like lip service, it doesn't take long. Don't ever underestimate your ability to trick yourself into thinking differently. We forget that. I remember somebody saying a belief is just something that you've thought a whole lot of times in a row. And I remember really pausing on that and going, wait, what? <laughs> and so somehow I think we become so hard and fast to our belief systems that we're convinced ourselves that it can't be any other way. This is what I believe to be true, period. And that's, that's just not the case. We can change them. And it takes simply that repetition of thought. We talk a lot, of course, in the practice about neural networks and how those are formed. And, and it takes time to be able to, to do this. But coming at this, I think you've got some great suggestions, Jenna, um, about um, adding in some manual therapies. And um, for sure, I think all of these 
these bits and pieces, maybe it's not one thing that's going to make this transition work, but instead a whole combination of things that brings it together. So yeah, I, it's, I wanted to put that out there to the, to anyone listening that I think the winter blues are real and I think that they deserve a little bit of mindful attention and, and that I think with the right prescription, um, at least sampling out some of these different ideas is a great way to be able to build in your own way to, to, to bring in the season and transition with the seasons into something that um, perhaps provides a, a little bit of time to be able to be still, uh, to be more mindful, to move into to more of a, a mindful practice and, and, and to regroup. I, I don't think there's much, much more exciting than a brand new fresh journal for the new year. I always get mine picked out um, for January 1st and it's kind of this interesting time to reflect upon what's happened in the year that's gone by and um, what my hopes are for the future. So, I think I'll leave it with that. Um, have you got anything else to add, Jenna, or have I picked your brain successfully and left all we've talked about here? You've given some really great advice. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I think the only thing that I would add to that is, and this, and this just comes up with client conversations, is that some people find it very challenging to be mindful, or maybe they don't, they don't necessarily write in a journal or they find that, you know, they're just inundated with meditation and as things to do. And it causes some stress with some of the people that I'm working with, um, especially some, some of my concussion clients, because it, it's, you know, not everybody resonates with that. So my advice to people is that if you try something and you don't resonate with it, it's not all done and over. Try just set it aside and go, okay, great. That, that didn't work. Cool and move on and find something else. And it's the same thing with, you know, with finding a, a healthcare practitioner that you resonate with just because you, you know, you might not have, you know, jived with the massage therapist or, or osteopath. There might be somebody else that you jive with that provides the type of treatment that you're looking for. So don't give up, just keep, just, you know, oh, that didn't work, set it aside and move on to the next thing. And, and that will help you pull together your team out here, everybody has a, has a team of practitioners that they utilize. It's a, it's a really interesting uh, way of being out here in British Columbia. And so it's just, you just keep on working. You find all the stuff, you kind of, you kind of collect it. And then you're like, okay, this is the recipe that works for me. And, uh, and then you just hold on to that. It's not the same for everybody. Yes, that's absolutely true. That's great advice for sure. And I think um, the other thing that I like about what you're saying there that I think really fits with the whole uh, idea of um, neural network therapy is that, it, you know, if you're reaching for a question, you're really, you know, if you're looking around and saying, I, I'm looking for something that's going to fit this bill, then that energy aligning with the energy of how can I make this better? It's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's putting it out there and those ideas come back to you. If you say, you know, immediately, well, that's not going to work. I hate winter. That's the end of it. I'm always, you know, this is a terrible experience for me. Your brain stops working. It's, you, you've just you've completed a sentence. You haven't put a question out there. So I, I think that's great advice to just keep poking around until you find the right fit and the right combination of things for you um, to reframe what this season looks like and, and do it in a way that might be a bit healthier uh, and happier for you. So with that, um, okay, that's great. Well, thank you. And um, 
Definitely we'll leave some notes uh, in the show notes here if you have any questions about some of the lighting. Um, Jenna, perhaps you could uh, include in that some ideas um, of different practitioners that uh, might be of some support to people uh, so that they can begin in their area trying to find their team. And um, definitely any questions, please uh, don't hesitate to ask us. We love to have questions to respond to and we'll just continue to put things together and and um, hopefully uh, learn a few things along the way. Next uh, episode is going to be Holiday Madness, where we'll talk a little bit about how to be able to look at um, changing up this this season uh, that I think can be quite unsettling for some. Um, it can be overwhelming. It can. It's not a happy season for every single person. And even for those that it is really happy for, we've got some great creative ideas about how to be able to maximize, I think, health and wellness throughout the holiday season. So uh, with that, we'll we'll, uh, speak to you soon. Excellent. Take care. If you like what you've heard on today's podcast and want to learn more about our counseling and education services or to get involved with our Grow Happy Gardens Health and Happiness Worldwide Tour, visit our website at canadianfamilyhealth.ca because health and happiness begin with you.